Hey guys, Steve here, from Potent Phonics. Today we're going to talk about gr- 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 growing with fishes. Growing with fishes. Hey everybody, welcome to the Growing with Fishes podcast. So 323, uh, we're getting up there in episodes, that's for sure. It's been a, a crazy year. Um, this week we have a really awesome Thai grower, Bubba Fats. How's it going? It's going great, man. Thanks a lot for having me on today, man. I've been uh, been waiting for this opportunity for a while now. <laughs> oh yeah, we got some video of his farm and stuff to show you guys and and all kinds of good stuff to, to go over today. Um, Thanks a lot for joining us. Uh, if you guys haven't uh, checked out the show before, be sure to hit the like and subscribe. Uh, I wanted to also quick housekeeping note here before we get started. We do have the schedule up for the um, third virtual aquaponic cannabis conference. You guys can find that January 14th and 15th. We have a whole slew of good uh, speakers lined up for you guys, including a homegrown panel, a commercial grow panel, and a breeders panel, um, uh, as well as the original Mr. Green from the early 2000s will be joining us. Uh, uh, yeah, it'll be a lot of fun <laughs> having him on. Uh, Breeder Steve, Matt Powers, uh, you guys have, know, have seen him on the show. Chris Trump, Rob Bob, a uh, whole bunch of wonderful guests, tons of commercial producers, including four Spanish-speaking producers from Colombia and Mexico. Um, so really excited to kind of diversify the language offering with our uh, conference this year as well. So. Thanks. Um, and all those will be available for free uh, during and after the conference. And then we'll have those re-uploaded in one hour segments, both in video and audio as well, in case you can't um, catch them live. And you can find out both of last year's on the uh, playlist for um, uh, Virtual Aquaponic Cannabis Conference on my YouTube channel, Potent Phonics, uh, or on uh, SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, or on everything for, for all of the conferences from last year and the year before. Alrighty. Um, well, uh, I had a wonderful chance to tour uh, this gentleman's facility up in uh, um, Chiang Mai-ish area. Uh, and um, uh, if you haven't checked him out already, be sure to check out Bubba Fats OG on Instagram. And uh, thanks a lot for joining us today. You want to tell us a little bit about yourself and, uh, and what you got going on up there in Chiang Mai? Yeah, you know, Chiang Mai, uh, the farm we have going out in Chiang Mai, you know, uh, we just got into this beautiful piece of property. Uh, we've got about more or less 10 acres uh, total on, on site. And uh, we just got into this property on October 1st. Um, we got into this property with like, I don't know, we might've had like 40 or 50 moms under a uh, 1.44, uh, you know, 1.2 by 1.2 square meter, four by four, under one light on October 1st. And we've had to, you know, like we got into the property October 1st, you know, we're sitting towards the end of December now, and we've been able to, to basically take that, you know, one light and expand it rapidly into, I don't know, I'd say we have total canopy space right now, about half an acre. Um, and this was, you know, this was taken a couple of weeks back. Things, I've, I've, you know, as you know, plants grow <laughs> and uh, this whole area is just, uh, it's, I mean, oh, it's just a beautiful garden right now. Um, you know, we've had to go really, really fast in this, um, you know, really almost like NorCal, uh, NorCal style where you just, you know, you get your plot of land. 
you know, you, you, you get it cleared out, you get bags, you get pots, you get whatever you can, fill it with soil and get it out there. Um, you know, I understand this is our first year. We've only had this garden going this year. So we still need some work to get it established on the long-term, uh, you know, the long-term scale of things. Um, but it's really, you know, it's coming together. Um, we're, we're expanding fast. You know, we're, we're, we're bringing on more farms, more farmers at the moment. We're trying to get really the professionals of the industry out here and we're trying to build farms around them as well. Uh, we understand where this is going and how big the potential of the cannabis industry can be here. So um, with the OG Canico, we're going full force right now and just uh, and and growing big, growing big. Um, oh, yeah. So, um, do you want to do you want to mention uh, you you were talking to me about the baskets and the soil? I thought that was an interesting idea. Do you want to explain that? Yeah. So this is one of the methods that we originally started. Um, myself and Dave Recreational Rosin. We we started uh, over at Petlana Farms in 2019. Um, so we had this idea, you know, we wanted to have zero transplant shock. We wanted to be able to plant into the indigenous soil. So we started out by um, growing in garlic bags. Now, garlic bags are these, these really loose bags with a very loose mesh on them uh, made to hold garlic in, to aerate the garlic so it doesn't get uh, nasty in there. So we started out filling those, those bags with soil planting into those and just taking those bags and sticking them right into the natural soil. Um, and there was no transplant shock. The roots just grew right out of the bags. And we had massive, massive plants in uh, Petlana. Um, a problem that we had with that, which we didn't really look, you know, it was, again, we were trying to go fast. Uh, the garlic bags aren't necessarily uh, UV protected there. So over the course of the grow, they get brittle and you end up getting little bits of plastic into your soil. So with that, you know, we, 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 we came back and we we're looking at these, these hard plastic baskets that are UV treated. Um, so we started planting into those and then, so we veg in one area and these beds are, are set up so that we can just take them and set them right inside the bed. The roots grow out. Again, no transplant shock, no, uh, no issues with them moving locations. Um, and they came out, they, they came out great. And it's a great way. It's something that, you know, I'm, I, I, I as far as our further, our, our next rounds go, I basically just want to pop those baskets right out of the bed. Uh, you know, throw a little bit of amendments in, in, in the hole and pop a new basket right down into the, into the, into the bed. So we can keep that same cycle going. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the, the, what we're doing with the baskets and we're actually doing it with the big baskets now too, the, the 26 inch baskets, which are probably like a 40 gallon, 50 gallon pot. We're going to be putting those into the, uh, we're going to be putting those into the, the ground as well and giving them some extra elbow room there. So what are you doing for soil mix here? I know we're, we've resorted to just mixing our own because we couldn't find any that we liked. Uh, what are you guys doing for your soil solutions? Okay, that's a that's a great question. You know, I've been working with soil out here for for quite a while, uh, trying to create my own blends and whatnot. And I actually have my own brand of soil through Maruchu Busan out here called Baba Fat Sumo Soil. 
Um, that is not currently being used in the mix here because that's that's a, a higher end soil with a with a higher end price. Um, this soil here, I I talked with uh, Magnus from uh, Best Garden State, uh, Longan Kudupon. Uh, he lives out in Nakon Patom, and this guy's, you know, he's, he's a great, he's great when, as far as, as soil goes. And we've been working on some things for years and he came up with the soil mix, uh, a base soil mix, which worked out to be 30% compost, 30% worm castings and 30% uh, topsoil or 33%. Um, and pretty much, pretty much. Exactly. Exactly. And then with that, I just took, I added about 40% aeration to that. Um, and, you know, using pumice uh, over perlite. So we used pumice, uh, chopped cocoa, and charred rice husks to, to add to the aeration for the soil. Um, it worked out great. Uh, I, I, you know, in, in that first year sort of mentality, I wish I had a little bit more aeration to the soil. Um, it's holding water a little bit in the beds. And I know that that's going to uh, sort of sort itself out as soon as the soil gets established, as soon as roots get established in the soil, uh, we're gonna, it's going to sort itself out. But, um, you know, it's working, it's, it's working really well so far. Well, that's great. Well, um, what kind of, um, are you doing any other organic inputs as far as feeding or... What, what uh, I know you do a lot of um, uh, natural farming stuff. Uh, are you using any natural farming inputs at all or anything like uh, that? I, I wish I could say yes, I was at this point um, due to the fact that we've kind of came in so fast with this, um, you know, come starting establishing in October. Um, I haven't had the time to start uh, to start doing some of this stuff yet. Um, right now, basically what I'm doing is just using top dress again, uh, a formula that I created with Magnus at best garden state. Um, I've got my, uh, I've got my own, uh, top dress recipes out here, which is very similar to Growilla in the States. Um, but honestly, I think it's a little bit better. I don't know. Magnus really tried to find some really good quality, locally sourced ingredients to put in this, um, so we have three, you know, we have three top dressings right now. Um, we've got a, a five, four, two, a two, five, four, and a zero, 10, eight. Um, that with a combination of those three and a water only method, I mean, I've been producing some, I mean, just amazing, uh, where's my camera? Just some really, really nice cannabis with that. And again, it's, it's you know, it's a water only method. Um, let me see if I can't find some, some chunky buds to show you guys, but, um, let me stick this out there, you know, it's, uh, it's water only. It's really nice. This is, uh, Fruitonium, our own strain, uh, with Thailand Dank Squad, but, um, it's come out great. I know that we can improve in the future and I would like to start implementing some more of these, uh, you know, the, the KNF and all, all sorts of different inputs. Um, right now we are doing the good old fashioned compost teas. <laughs> um, and not only are we doing that, we're actually taking some of our top dressings and um, 
taking some of the top dressings and uh, putting it into the compost tea mix as well, just to get those initial uh, dissolved solids out of there. I know it's not huge NPK ratings on that first thing, but it's there. There is some, it, there is a presence of it there and the plants are loving it. I mean, we're having great health across the board. Um, you know, I'm not seeing any real macro or micronutrient deficiency problems. I'm seeing there's a few plants out there that do have some mobile nutrition, uh, mobile uh, deficiencies, but nothing serious, nothing serious. And it's the plants right now. They just started showing some towards, you know, they're in, they're, they're in week four and a half of flower, you know, they're 20 more days they'll be cutting. So, I mean, we do start seeing some, some nitrogen loss at that time in some plants, but um, nothing that's going to be detrimental to the, to, to the plants at all. And really we're seeing it in about two to 3% of the plants in the field. That's awesome. Uh, what, what, uh, cultivars are you growing? You were just touching on a couple of them. What are some of the other cultivars? <laughs> you have quite a few, uh, you're like me, you got all kinds of shit, uh, popped now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, being in sort of, um, a rushed position in the beginning, I basically went to everybody that I knew in the country, everybody that I knew had farms that were clean farms, decent growers. Um, I took cuts from everybody. I popped seeds from Chris. I popped seeds from everybody. Like I've got, so, I mean, we were running pro at the moment, total on the farm between our indoor and our outdoor, we probably got about 90 different uh, cultivars out there. And uh, not all of them are going to make the cut, um, but, you know, they're, they're working really well. Um, we've got a whole line. It's funny. We've got a whole line of ethos genetics that I got from one of my friend's greenhouses. That was just, oh, it was beautiful. I went in there and I asked him, I'm like, what do you got in here? And he's like, oh, I got ethos. And I was like, excellent, man. Like, like, are the plants labeled? He goes, oh, no. And I'm like, oh, shit. They were all in veg, beautiful plants, but nothing was labeled. So I ripped out, I, I don't know, I took a bunch of cuts off of that. So we've got like, I don't know, like 20 unnamed ethos strains right now that we're, <laughs> that we're looking at. And, you know, we might have to rename because we have no clue what the hell they are. Um, but some of the stuff that I really like working with right now, I mean, I have a lemon, uh, a lemon diesel that's out in the field right now that I wish I had the entire field full of this lemon diesel. Um, beautiful. That's a, a beautiful plant. We've got a lot of uh, F1 genetics from my, uh, my partner in Glower Beam, who you met out there. Uh, he has a lot of stuff, a lot of biscotti crossed with like pink lemonade and he's got He's got a couple uh, pink lemonade crosses out there that are doing very well. And we didn't expect them to do so well outdoors, but they're just flourishing. Like they're, they're, uh, they're, they're doing great. Um, God, I could go on and on. Uh, pink haze, uh, God, peach sherbet. I've got a lot of like from my own personal stash, I brought a lot of the, the SF, I have some SFVs out there. I got a lot of OGs going. Um, a lot of different variations of OG, fire, true. Um, and, you know, I've got a lot of diesel as well uh, that we're, we're currently propagating right now. There wasn't a whole lot of it in the field, but I don't know, coming from NorCal, man, I love my gas, man. I love the OGs and the sours. Um, I don't, I mean, being in the game for, uh, you know, as long as I have been, and, and I, I don't even know a lot of these new strains that are coming out that are, 
the, the, these new names, but we've got a bunch of Gushers crosses that we were gifted um, from the, uh, God, I can't even remember the name of the, 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 the seed bank, but we were gifted a lot of great crosses and stuff out there. So I don't know, it's, it's just a big mixing pot right now. Um, got yeah. a Fina hunt in the beginning to, to figure out what's going to stick in your, your microclimate, you know? Kind yeah. And, and, you know, it's so funny out here because the microclimates change so, so rapidly out here. And they, you know, year by year, it's different. You know, I've been studying the seasons out here, and this year is very similar to last year, but we had a little bit, we had later rains, we had a later cold season. Um, which I think is going to translate into a prolonged cold season and uh, a push off of the rains maybe until late April. Um, I've got my fingers crossed hoping I can still get that, uh, that March, April harvest off without any real rains and without the heat going crazy uh, before we start getting into foxtail season and reveg season. Um, yeah, I know. Uh we're, we're trying to pull off our pheno hunt flower run in that same time period. So I feel your pain. <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, really between October and March, you can grow any strain under the sun, under the sun. You can grow the most mold uh, ridden strain, something that's just finicky as hell. You can normally grow that, that, that those strains between, you know, October, November and March. Um, you know, we've, I've grown a lot of, just, I mean, everything out here and never real had, had, had any real problems with it in that time period. Outside of that is where we get into, you know, more issues. Yeah. And you get the, the crazy heat and humidity all the time, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, during, you know, during the off season, you know, it gets really dry up here. Uh, two, three years ago, we were, we were blessed in, in uh, the 2019, 2020 season it was dry. It was cold. It was like, you couldn't have asked for a better season to get started with. Um, we, our last rain happened in October and our first rain happened mid April. So it was dry during that time. And it was like, it was like NorCal dry, uh, after January, February. I mean, it was like, you know, like don't smoke cigarettes on the property. Shit's going to go up on fire sort of thing. Um, and they did, we had a fire right behind our greenhouse one night, the whole, uh, 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 a bamboo forest caught on fire behind us. And, you know, we were out there, we had our whole team out there with, you know, every ounce of water that we could get trying to splash water on that thing before it comes to our, to our patch. Yeah, that's gnarly. What are, what have been some of your, uh, I know you've got quite a bit of experience growing here in Thailand. What have been some of the better cultivars that you've you've worked with out here and then what has been uh, i guess we'll do that question first and then i gotta follow up on that um gosh i mean i haven't like there there had like during that time period i can't even say like better cultivars than other because they all did really really well that first year we grew um you know we grew franco's lemon cheese we grew uh atomic haze we grew uh, and you know, NYC diesel, um, and they all did re remarkably well, actually. Um, 
the Franco's lemon cheese did tend to foxtail a little bit in the heat towards the end. And that was like the only thing I was like, well, maybe it's not the best for this time of year, but uh, things have done really well. I've been working on my own strains right now where I do have an F1 that, uh, that we just worked out and it's called Fruitonium that, that seems to be doing great outdoors here. And that's a cross between orange punch and bananium. Um, uh, doing really well. Um, but man, I, 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 you know, everything has been like, everything grows well in Thailand. It really does. Um, things I've had problems with towards in the rainy seasons is stuff that grew a little bit too, just grew a little bit too fat. Uh, we had a cut of this, uh, seven Oh critical seven Oh seven CBD that was like a 45 day strain and it grew footballs, man, <laughs> footballs. And, it did really well in the dry season, but you know, the inners were a little, uh, the second round, the inners were a little bit, uh, affected there. Yeah. That's always uh, the problem with the, the high humidity stuff is it's kind of a maximum size to your buds that you can really have. Yeah. And that's kind of why you see on, on the farm right now too, is like, I'm working with, um, well now first off, like my, my team that I, I had put together and, I think one of the biggest issues in growing out here is putting together the team. Um, you know, I've got about 20 guys that I, I know and trust and love out there working. Uh, but a lot of them came from the indoor environment. And, um, you know, I brought them out into I, me and then we did inners and bottoms on a couple plants and I let them go and finish the rest of those plants in the field. And man, they took them down to indoor status. I'm like, well, I don't think we're going to have any mold issues now. I mean, it's, it's the most defoliation I've ever seen done on outdoor plants. But, you know, with the, the way that we, we are having a little bit late humidity this year, um, I, I, I don't mind it because we, that airflow is very important, uh, you know, out here and keeping that mold off your plants. For sure. I know uh, I'm definitely having to get them used to taking more fan leaves off than they're used to taking off the plants. So <laughs> it's always Man, fun to go through the first time and, and super crop them and bend half a room in half and then strip half the leaves off. And they're like, what the hell did you just do? Yeah. yeah. Shit, not my guys, man. My guys are all about it. They're like, why are you leaving leaves on the plant? Like, that's going to take up bud space. <laughs> like, these guys don't overkill a lot of times. I'm like, oh, 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 oh mellow out. <laughs> um, but they're great guys and they're just, they're learning so much. And um, man, I, I, I couldn't ask for a better team right now. Awesome. And um, what are some of the other, um, I mean, uh, the things that you've seen growing out here in Thailand, obviously the spider mites are uh, a season out here, but. Um... Oh, don't say that word. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> right now we're, uh, due to the fact that, you know, we, we did pop up things so fast, slip it right down, slap it right down in the middle of nature without really doing as much prep work as I, I would have liked in a, in a, in another scenario, maybe having a little bit more prep time, uh, before the, uh, before the, the growing season, but, you know, we're dealing with, I mean, every bug, are in nature it's going to come and visit your farm if you're in the middle of nature you know luckily we don't have any real infestations um the aphids uh seem to be one of my biggest uh issues 
because aphids, they come along with the ants as well. The ants, they, they farm the aphids. They bring them up to the top of the plant. They put them there and they wait for those secretions to come out. And so they're farmers too, and they're farming the aphids right on our plants. So, I mean, with the aphids, you need to trap, you know, you need to treat them. You need to treat the ants as well. Um, you know, we're, we're all sorts of little things and whatnot, but we don't have any real infestations. Um, luckily enough, we have not seen spider mites on our farm yet. Um, I'm waiting for it. I'm just waiting for that day, uh, but we have not seen them yet. And we've been really lucky with that. But we're also very on top of it. We know that we're sort of in a, a, a dangerous scenario by, by, by putting stuff out so fast. You know, we're in the jungle. You, you saw it out there. We're just surrounded by jungle. And on top of that, we've been adding the supplemental light at night with no additional uh, protection on there, no net house, no anything like that. So the moths, the caterpillars, uh, those the things that are attracted to light at night are, are coming down. And so we've had to be really on it. I mean, uh, my team, uh, they're great, but we've actually been uh, treating the plants one way or another almost twice a day. Um, if we have any real issues, they're, they're selected and they're treated three times a day. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a constant battle that I hope to, uh, you know, I hope to, to, to rectify it and get the, just the area a little bit more uh, conducive for, for cannabis growing so we don't have to do as much work as we are right now. Uh, what are some of the different methods that you found that are successful as far as pest treatment out here? I know one of the ones that I was introduced to in Thailand was the, the uh, wood vinegar, which has certainly worked well for us. Um, uh, what are some of the other things that uh, seem to work well out here? I know another one that I hear a lot is Bavaria bassiana. Uh, people having success with for quite a wide range of things here. Um, what, what else have you found that is successful for you and your experiences here? Sure. Uh, right now, we're, we're kind of using the shotgun approach of like everything under everything that, that doesn't that mixes well together we're using. So we're using the trichoderma, we're using the Bavaria, we're using the metariza. Um, I just got I just hired a, a guy just solely his sole purpose is to make uh, the uh, IPMO. <laughs> like I got him down there. We got him sitting down doing like, uh, and, <laughs> and that should be coming up in like the next two weeks. We should have like a first batch ready on that. Um, the wood vinegar. Um, yeah, it's, we're, we're using a combination of a lot of those, or we're using a combination of all of that stuff and, um, you know, just hitting it constantly. Um, using, yeah, I, there's some other things that are in the, in the, the regiment as well that I just can't remember off the top of my head. This is why we have a PhD, uh, uh, a PhD, uh, horticulturalist as our, as our, our main IPM person right now. Um, and she comes out with so, a bunch of stuff. I'm like, yeah, is it safe? Yeah. All right. Let's, let, let's, let's give it a shot. Um, the hardest the hardest part I've noticed is strictly finding some of the stuff here, like trying to find Isaria fumisteraceae has been like all but impossible for us to find here, um, which yeah. is like a really common thing in the States. Um, so, so some of that stuff's been a little bit tricky, but that seems to be the, the hardest part about pest control here is finding everything that you need. <laughs> yeah, and there was nothing here for a while. 
Like, you know, and when, once the cannabis uh, scene started catching on, uh, we started seeing a lot of a lot more of these products be able to hit the market. But, you know, growing out here prior to legalization, like it was very, very difficult to find a lot of this stuff. Um, you know, going in using products like D-Lemonine, uh, you know, stuff like that, uh, th that was available stuff. But, you know, it was kind of... Uh, it was definitely hit and miss in the beginnings. You know, you couldn't find that avid in Eagle 20 anywhere, man. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> you know what I found last year in a hydro store in Georgia? A bottle of Guardian. Right? Right? Like, that is some crazy shit to find yeah. in a store, considering right. all the shit that happened with that product. So Right. <laughs> Um, have you seen any interesting inputs? I know there's lots of different uh, things that people do out here in Thailand, um, even maybe stuff that you haven't used, but you heard of lots of other Thai people using. Uh, I know we often hear about the, you know, it's basically PSB from, from Korean Natural Farming, but the, the MSG and the fish sauce, um, the, they call it juicy as well, or at least that's what Chris's wife calls it. Um, right. Some of the other ones. Have you heard of any other funkier uh, or uniquely Thai uh, inputs that you know from some of the people that you've worked with out here? I mean, yeah, Chris. Chris has been making up some very interesting things, like his his uh, bottling uh, the fruit hormones and stuff. There, um, they do use a lot of that stuff out here. Um, uh, I don't know. There's a lot of weird stuff that you know. I'm not that like some. Sometimes I'm willing to try it. Sometimes I'm not. Like the the M150 uh, for, for cloning and stuff like that, um, which I kind of understand like the, the mentality behind that. It's super high in B vitamins. So I think like that right there and the, the natural uh, melting power of M150 sort of like scores the, <laughs> scores the branches, throw some B vitamins in there and they shoot roots. Um, the question is, do you get the M150 that has the weed in it or the one that doesn't have the weed in it? I, uh, I, I think you got to go with the weed one, right? Right. <laughs> Can you get HLVD from the uh, M150? I, I don't think anything <laughs> survives in that, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, they have, uh, they have basically a Red Bull equivalent out here called M150, but people use it for cloning. Uh, and that's what we're talking about. Yeah. yeah, cloning in Red Bull. Um, yeah, we ran out of powder the other day and my workers are just like, no, we'll just use some energy drinks. It's fine. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> so they explained the whole thing to me and we didn't do it because, you know, I'm going to do it right or not do it. But we're definitely going to do a little trial because I think it'd be fun to do like the regular and then the weed one and then like a water control and see like which one's yeah. better. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. What are uh, um, so you do lots of other stuff here in the cannabis industry? That's not your only uh, your only thing you got going on here. Do you want to talk a little bit about you know some of your other uh, stuff you're working on out here with uh, your wider group? Yeah, I mean, well, I'm doing uh, a lot with the OG Canna Company. We're like I said, we're trying to get that that set up to be sort of a cannabis superpower here in Thailand. Um, but outside of the OG Canna company, you know, I have another company called Thailand Dank Squad, which is uh, up, was up there. And okay, OG Canna company, I mean, to tell you a little bit about that right off the bat, um, I think we are one of, oh, cool, I got my picture on there and everything. Look at that. Um, we are 
we've opened up right now. We have seven retail locations in the the most high traffic areas in in Thailand you can get. We have six on Sukhumvit Road uh, in Bangkok, and we also have uh, one on Bangla Road in Phuket. And um, you know the, the the locations are are very nice. Uh, we have an amazing team of people that are that are down there really pushing this and getting our our the retail front going. We're probably going to have we'll probably have somewhere between twenty and thirty stores uh, under our own name by the end of this year. And we're also looking for other stores that are looking for you know consistent supply and start putting our 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 farm products through their through their stores as well. Um, oh, sorry, coffee here. Um, but yeah, that's uh, the, like we're going really big with that. We've got massive uh, extraction facilities that that are ready to go out in Mahasarakam. Uh, we have other, you know, we have big cultivation facilities and extraction out there that are that are on. Like we're we're just waiting for the expansion to get into that area. Um, extraction still a little bit on the. It's still gray, dark gray, uh, black maybe here. So it's, um, you know, we're waiting on, on legislation to happen, but once it happens, we wanna basically be ready and not have to, to waste any time scaling up. We wanna have everything ready to go from the, from the beginning. Um, now, we, I also have the, the Thailand Dang Squad, which is, is um, just, a, it's, a, it's a smaller company right now. We're really focusing on connoisseur quality cannabis. That's, um, you know, we have our own proprietary strains. It's myself and uh, Dan, Daniel Goss who are, uh, who are heading that up. And right now, right now it's small, you know, we've got, uh, it, it's nothing huge. You know, right now we only have 10 lights under cultivation, but we are going to be expanding into a bigger facility early next year. Um, but we just want to focus on these, uh, you know, connoisseur quality, real craft cannabis, um, and also have that, you know, hitting the shelf. Um, this is, you know, a lot of what you're seeing there is our fruitonium strains. Um, and it's just gotten great response around the country. Like any, any club we, you know, that gets it from us, they're calling us back in two days. Like, oh, we're already sold out, man. Send us more. Um, so it's just coming out really, really nice. Um, and, you know, prior, prior to this whole recreational side of things, you know, I've been working here, um, you know, with the medicinal side, uh, you know, since 2019 with the Thai National Farmers Council. Um, I've been advisor to, to many branches of the government. Uh, I was in parliament uh, speaking about the benefits of, of cannabis um, was invited to the Royal Palace to, to speak about the benefits of cannabis, uh, met the princess, uh, presented, you know, a cannabis project to her, uh, met up with a, a lot of the top politicians here in Thailand, which is, is still mind blowing to me because I don't even think I know a politician back in the United States. Um, and to, like, to be working with people in parliament, ministers, stuff like that just has been, uh, it has been a, a, a bit mind blowing, that's for sure. Yeah, I'm really, really curious to see how the layout goes. I know they have another round of rules, I think, coming next month and another mm -hmm. round in March or so, I hear so. But uh, yeah, we're, you know, we're waiting for a new government. Kinda, I know, I know you're, you're like us where you're trying to, you know, do kind of 
staying ahead of the curve on the compliance stuff because it's easier to do that than it is to play catch up. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so yeah, we're just doing it, you know, full force here. Um, you know, it's been, uh, I've never, you know, I've actually never worked this hard in cannabis before in my life. You know, I've had big ranches in the United States, I all this stuff and worked my ass off, but, you know, trying to work, it, it's, it's a very weird, I think one of the biggest issues I'm dealing with right now is, is taking that old school sort of cannabis mentality where, you know, you can sit down and do million dollar deals over a table. And the only paperwork that's done is the joints that are being rolled over the course of the deal. You know, now bringing like the corporate aspect of cannabis and the corporate aspect of the world, sort of trying to mesh the two together has been has been difficult across the board, not just for myself, but almost everybody here on the ground. And I'm sure back there as well. Um, it's been uh, it's been a challenge. Um, but it's all, it's all positive, you know, it's all moving the right direction. And there's a lot of understandings that needs to happen from both sides um, to, to, to make it work. Well, yeah, for sure. It's definitely, uh, definitely an interesting place, especially with the uh, concentrates and edibles and everything else kind of being on hold. Um, kind of makes it to where you can't really fully monetize your your vertical with uh, bigger production, which is kind of frustrating. But uh, hopefully it'll get that all straightened out next year. You can actually get a license here, but you have to sell it all through a university or through a hospital or through prescription. <coughs> and it's a whole right. pain in the ass. So. <clears throat> right. And on top of that, there's so many certifications and all this stuff that needs to happen in order to get it. And our facility out in Maha Sarakam is fully licensed to, to produce class five narcotics. Um, it, we've, we went through all that certification process over the course of the last year. Again, wasn't easy, but um, we're, we're ready to do it. Um, but again, it's, it's where, where does the product go? This is where I was, I've been working in this industry as an advisor prior to legalization quite a bit. And I get all these guys coming in with these huge dreams, with these big numbers and these amazing spreadsheets that are like completely, I'm just like, okay, great. Yes, I got all this, but where's the bottom line? Where is your product being sold? And nobody could answer that question. Not one company was able to answer that question. Oh well, you know, uh, it's being sold for for three hundred and fifty. They're they're trying to say that you know distillates, you know, isolates are being sold for ten thousand dollars a kilo here in the country, and they can sell as many kilos as they want. And we just know that's not true. Um, you know, you look at the way that the structure was prior to legalization. I did the math on one place, and uh, you know, I can't remember all the math off the top of my head, but there was one big company here that was growing like a hundred rye of CBD. And based on the laws at the time, that hundred rye of CBD was like a 40 year supply for the country. It was like, it, they were allowing something like 1.6 milligrams or, or, or some sort of nominal amount of CBD per product. Um, and, you know, it just wasn't, it was, yeah, it was like 25 milligram. It was 75 milligrams per liter of product. And, uh, you know, we did the math. I'm like, okay, cool. This is a 40 year supply for the entire country off of one farm. So a lot of people, like a lot of people lost a lot of money over that time. And I was, uh, 
it, it, it was really sad to see because people, you know, they didn't want to hear the truth. They wanted to hear like, okay, how can we make money? How can we make money? And I mean, hundreds of millions of dollars were, were lost in, in this over the course of the last couple of years. Yeah, I know it's, it's kind of uh, interesting that flour, they, you know, legally they could export it to, uh, or depending on what the Thai side is like, uh, but legally you could import that to the United States and sell it as smokable CBD flour and uh, at least have some kind of way for it. But um, the market there, so they went, U.S. went from like 65,000 registered licenses for CBD farming to like less than 2,000 this year. So the, there's definitely going to be a, you know, increase in smokable CBD flower price uh, with those, that kind of change in production, that's going to be uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, not negligible. So yeah, when I was reading earlier, earlier, la uh, earlier this year, I was reading, I just read, I read a post from, from Oregon CBD and it was just funny. There was one line in it that stood out. He's like, it's blatantly obvious that nobody's growing CBD this year. Like <laughs> I, I, I do those. And uh yeah, I know production's gone down quite a bit. I mean, with the over oversupply in the United States, and the, at the time, you know, when people were saying that they could get ten thousand dollars a kilo for their product, I was like, well, it's two hundred dollars a kilo in the United States. Like, you don't think people are just going to start importing that right now? Like, right. with that sort of markup, like, uh, you you won't be able to compete with the the smugglers. What's interesting is the the craft flower, just smokable bud that looks like regular bud in Georgia. Mm -hmm. We've had, we've been selling it right with all the wine, the winery, and they have like one stop here, one stop there, and that's been selling really well. But that seems like the only way to really sell CBE flower is in that tiny craft kind of, you know, farm tour type thing. Seems to be the only model that I've seen actually work. Everything else seems to be, you know not as good other yeah. than some of the beverages and some of the other pills and stuff that people seem to like but other than that i haven't seen a lot of traction in a lot of the other markets just like you're saying yeah and i you know i mean sitting in the club sitting in the, the cannabis dispensaries around like every time i'm sitting there every time somebody comes in and asks for cbd only flour um so i do think there is a market for that um you know, I don't know how big of the market share it really is, but I mean, if people are asking all the time, uh, people want to partake without, you know, getting high. And uh, I totally get that, especially for, for a lot of these. And typically what I see when I see people asking for it, it's typically people from the Asian countries. I, I noticed actually a lot of Japanese were asking for that. Um, Malaysians were asking for it. Um, in Malaysia, actually, which is uh, on the southern border to Thailand, um, cannabis is, is still, you know, very much illegal, even though they've, they've talked about it. Um, but you know, there's some dispensaries in Hat Yai that everybody comes across the border. Um, you know, they get all stoned and go back, but Malaysia is actually starting to drug test people as they go back in. And if they have cannabis in their system, they're getting, uh, they're getting hit for it. I don't know what, how, how deep the penalties are, but, uh, I know it's not nice. Yeah, that's that's no no fun. Also, I know they have some little bit of political issues over there next door. Uh, that uh, are, are, it's not the safest place to go and and smoke and and be comfortable down there. Right. Uh, yeah. But um, uh, I've seen that you know, is that how has that been affecting some of the neighboring you know country? I haven't even thought about that, but 
Um, has that been a big issue with uh, neighboring countries being kind of upset about what's going on here in Thailand? Or I haven't really heard much about that in the news. But I mean, I, I don't think we're going to hear much flack from Cambodia, Laos, or Burma. Um, but I think, uh, you know, there, there's definitely a focus on what's happening here in Thailand. Um, there's even a huge movement in Malaysia to try to get the legalization going. But uh, despite whatever political issues they're having right now, there is a movement for it. Um, I think, I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm just an optimist here, but I think people are really pushing for Thailand for, to make this work out so that they can adapt this, this uh, same concept into, into their own countries. Um, you know, Laos has actually had a lot of freedom with cannabis for a long time. Um, you know, I've been going up to Laos for a while and there's been, cannabis has been readily available, uh, for a long time and even really good quality cannabis prior to legalization in, in Thailand. I mean, I went up there to a bar just looking for a little bit of local smoke, uh, just to get me through the end of the night. And the guy started bringing out, like, he's like, he's got all sorts of jars. He's like, what do you want? I was like, holy crap, I, I, I wasn't ready for this. <laughs> like, uh, um, so it's, it's been pretty liberal there for a while. It's been fairly liberal in Cambodia as well. But um, uh, yeah, I, I don't see a lot of problems right now. Um, I, I think people are really pushing for it and hoping, you know, we're, we win. The only, um, the only concern I have coming up as far as the regulations is just whether or not they're going to allow foreigners uh, with the new ID system for purchases, if that's going to be an issue or if they're going to, you know, passports are going to work for that because otherwise that's going to be a big hit to the market, not being able, you know, if they do cut that, cut them off. Right. I've heard the the discussion about the ID system and stuff, and I can't imagine that you're going to be able, I mean, it just doesn't make sense to me that they would, they would eliminate foreigners from that cannabis market because, as far as like the top grade flour, um, all the stuff that's being sold in our dispensaries. Um, and I can't, I don't have the actual, you know, uh, figures on this, but I would say a majority of them are tourists. A majority of them are, are foreigners that are coming in. Um, you know, I can't imagine that the motorcycle taxi driver is going to have enough money to buy like a, a gram of the, the latest and greatest exotic that was put out by a craft grower. Um, you know, right now, uh, the prices are still very high, as you've seen uh, across the board in retail locations. Um, they're starting to come down a little bit, but we're still looking at anywhere from, I don't know, I'd say $10 a gram on the outdoor to $30, $35 a gram for, for, for high quality indoor. It's still being sold on a daily basis here. Um, and yeah, the prices are still very high. They are starting to drop across the board though. I mean, we, we, I work with the procurement departments for our, uh, for our farms. And since June 9th, you know, that gave people enough time to establish their farms, get them going, get their, the right genetics in, and all of them are starting to come down right now. Um, so prices are, are dropping across the board. We also have uh, M joining us. What's up, M? Hey. Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, I had, you know, I had to obviously jump on and join the party with the OG legend of Thailand, Baba Fat. So, uh, yeah. You know, you, I'm Dad. not gonna try to <laughs> talk too much because I know he's got a fairly lengthy story with lots of cool things to say. But uh, 
if I can chime in and get them to talk about some of the things that I thought was really cool um, about them, I'll do that. But uh, otherwise, keep talking, bro. Yeah, no, man, I'm, no, go I'm, for it. But yeah, man, I'm I'm super glad that you're you're with us here, M, bro. Because like M was a big part of like the you know M really helped us out in the beginning too. I, I met M for the first time in uh, in Buriram Festival in 2019, where I I did this this big on this big. It was no, it was April 2019. Yeah, 420 2019, and we did this big presentation where I brought like kilos of weed to, to show off to, to the people. We brought in shitloads of plants. We had, we had like a hundred, they said a hundred to 150,000 people came to that event over a three day period. It was at, uh, it was at the, the grand, the F1 tracks in, uh, in Buriram, which is a huge venue. And, uh, yeah, I met M there. We, we were rolling up 420 joints so that we could hand them out to the crowd, uh, in the concert and everyone could blaze up. And, uh, man, I met M there, started rolling joints with the guy. Uh, he came in, started rolling like a champ. And, uh, you know, it's been, uh, it's, oh, it's been great ever since, man. Uh, he came out to the farms and helped us out a lot in Petlana, um, you know, I think he learned quite a bit there. And then I went out to his farms and man, I just learned so much uh, out there at his farms in Buriram that I, it was one of the most educational days that I had in the cannabis industry here in Thailand, uh, across the board, um, looking at his successes and also looking at some of the experiments that him and his team did that were that, you know, God, I was thinking about him in my head. I was just glad somebody tried him, you know, <laughs> and um i think he's talking about the valley of the males there that uh, we mentioned before yeah. that that was an absolute nightmare but uh yeah yeah the, yeah, the, the, the gentleman's club <laughs> <laughs> no it was cool though it was good to see that it was good to see the experiment that happened in one of those rice patties where uh some of your team not you yourself but we're trying the experimental drive farming in a rice paddy oh yeah with the, <laughs> with the thailand race everywhere you walked yeah. around you would have loved that place there was just plants everywhere you looked. there was like in the ground and pots we were trying every single thing we could try you know what i mean and uh it was cool and then we went up to that little NorCal patch that you had going. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is working, working well. <laughs> and uh, then uh, you met Nung and then you guys did a big thing yeah. in Amsterdam, too, didn't you? Well, I didn't cool. go. But yeah, I didn't personally go to Amsterdam, but Beam, uh, one of my, my growers and partners in uh, some projects went out and he um, he went out there and did the, the thing in Amsterdam with that and and. Shot and, and was showing some of the Thai food products that that were being made uh, with cannabis. Um, yeah, man, and yeah, it's just the the circle keeps growing. Yeah, but let me let me just say that Baba Fats. Let let me give you my little introduction to him. So I go to this the first real cannabis event in Thailand, and it's it's this Panbury Ram event. That's just unlike you've ever seen anything in Thailand. There's literally big jars of premium flour and I'm shitting bricks, like walking around, like what the fuck? And how am I going to smoke some of this? More importantly, like <laughs> there's all this flour behind glass and jars. There's like millions of people, not to mention they were giving out licenses to grow there. 
So everyone was coming to get their license to grow. And uh, that's where I met Rick for Recreational Rosin and Bubba Fats. And they were both like, come back at the end. Like, we're busy. There's tons of people here. Um, come back at nine o'clock and we'll shoot the shit. So I was like, cool. Stick around the whole show. I buy a big bag of beer, walk back. And they're like, I hope you can roll joints. We got to roll 420. And I was like, oh, shit. And we sat there and rolled 420s and uh, went out and hand them out. Bubba rolled the biggest joint I think I've ever smoked in Thailand to date. <laughs> walking around and uh, that was amazing. <coughs> and, then, and then I met him again in Bangkok and he took me out for a night on the town that literally ends up with me not remembering anything. And then he took me up to Petlana and gave me the opportunity to work there next to the Thai Farmers Council, him and Recreational Rosin. And like I said, I learned heaps up there um, from like compost tea to more especially the techniques to grow in Thailand. He really gave me the foundation to understanding like what's needed to grow outside in Thailand. And, uh, you know, his knowledge about growing in Thailand, the industry here, the people he knows, there's literally, I think at the top of the pyramid, it all comes to bubble fats at some point. So, <laughs> yeah, hats oh. off. And uh, yeah. this is where I shut up and let him continue. <laughs> well, well, you have a lot. big indoor space that you're working on now for breeding and all kinds of stuff. Do you want to talk about that? Uh, uh, as yeah. well, because that was really impressive. Yeah. So right now we're building out uh, a 1,200 square meter uh, facility. Um, gonna be it's gonna be a total of like 288 lights but uh 200 200 of them are going to be for production um and we up uh we have some smaller rooms set aside where we are going to be focusing on breeding experiments uh i've got 36 lights uh three 12 light rooms that are going to be set up for experimental genetics experimental grow uh techniques um, experiment, you know, lights and whatnot as well is because I'm, you know, I'm still, you know, very much old school when it comes to the farming. I, I got to go with what I know works. And I know, I know like so much has came along as far as LED production. Um, myself, I've never done any sort of commercial production with LEDs. The people that advise me as well, uh, that are, way surpass my knowledge in the game um a lot of them have worked with some leds but have still seen better results with flowers out of the hps i know hps so i'm running i'm running all hps in all my facilities right now so that's why i also have these uh areas set up to to work with with led and expand my knowledge and understanding of light spectrums and how they work and how they affect the plants um, that's, you know, that's a big thing because, yeah, I mean, across the board, I hear people like I, I think I was talking with uh, you and some other people at a festival a couple of weeks ago in Chiang Mai saying that in Colorado, they're going to be uh, stopping all HPS production in Colorado, which doesn't necessarily make sense to me 100 percent. And that's because of my lack of knowledge of, of, of lighting, I guess. But uh, I mean, isn't a watt a watt? <laughs> isn't like well, uh, uh, right now in california i do believe there's a rebate program so they'll replace oh. the state will replace all your hps lighting with leds 
And I've even heard of people buying cheap secondhand HPSs, cheaply kitting out the grow, and then switching over to LEDs because the state pays for the, the new lights. So I mean, that's, that's yeah. what I would. You can't do that anymore. Um, as of January of last year, the end of that program, uh, or I guess this year, January of this year. Um, also, this is the first year where they banned all HIDs and grows in California. So you can't have HIDs anymore. Uh, in California, too. In California, yeah. Wow. That's going to happen in more and more states. You're going to see that, you know, kind of be required because the, you know, you can grow with 630 watts or 600 watts, or, you know, for what you can for a thousand. So it's a lot less on the grid. So, okay. I mean, but that's it, what, that's what it, comes it comes down to. Because think about down, it, like a lot of these infrastructures are not designed for a whole bunch of fucking commercial facilities that are all pulling a megawatt or, you know, three quarters of a megawatt. You know, the grid's not made for that, right? They, they just can't handle that sudden huge increase in power draw. We see the same issues like Puerto Rico had that problem. Jamaica had that problem when they came online. Zimbabwe, we had to just rely on our own power grid because you know, we only had power between 11 p.m. and 5 a.m. So a lot of these newer countries or newer things, they, their power grid simply can't handle, you know, increasing the total draw by, you know, 30% <laughs> suddenly. <laughs> One of my new grows I'm setting up, just 30 LEDs is going in there. And we had to upgrade the electricity, like from the electrical to the house. And it cost 60,000 baht just to uh, get the electricity to be able to run the lights. So uh, I forget what it was here. It was like 1.1 mil to get the, the trunk line in for, for here. And did that include a transformer? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was yeah, the transformer. Because the, line. the Man, main line is very baht, far bro, away. You've got a steel. 60,000 baht. That's a 60. steel, bro. It's a steel. Yeah. I, I just put in. 1.8 million on 1.8 million to get a 500 uh, kva transformer put in at my property um and we're looking at two other properties right now that are literally right next to the main power lines and it's like 850,000 baht to throw a 250 kva uh well maybe it doesn't transformer include on the transformer then because i'm actually not in charge of the construction they were just like yeah the electricity needs to be upgraded 60 grand. And I was like, okay, whatever. Yeah. But um, I know from here where I stay now, my new place, we have phase one electric. So it can handle everything and it's cheaper. But just up the street, because it was off a of small soy, it was uh, a different phase and it would only take so many watts and everything would shut down. And not only that, it was more expensive. So Depending on where you're located, too, the electricity has a different price. Yeah, which is weird. Yeah, it's uh, and a lot of people, you know, a lot of people don't understand. I mean, I, I this is you know with LED or or HPS, like in in my understandings of things, in my you know, when it comes down to the square footage or square meters of your room. I mean, if you're using 10, 1,000 watt LEDs, is it not the same power consumption as, as 10, 1,000 watt H, HIDs or HBS? Um, yeah, we have a little bit more air conditioning on it, but I think we save in the dehumidification factors because I haven't had to run DEUs. I've got DEUs in my rooms. I haven't had to run them. My, my, uh, my, uh, 
I mean, shit, I need to add humidifiers sometimes because it's just too damn dry. Um, so I don't know when it comes down to that, but a lot of people here don't understand the actual power consumptions. And it was a huge learning curve for myself as well. You know, when it, when it comes to running, it's a lot different than running, you know, an eight lighter in your basement than running, you know, uh, a 200, 300 light facility. Um, I've never actually had to deal with the, the power, uh, aspect of this in the past, um, I've, I've always came into a warehouse facilities or something that was already set up. So uh, it's been a lear huge learning curve for me as well. But I, I imagine a lot of transformers exploding over the course of the next uh, year. Oh, yeah. The best, though, if you can get it in the States, and we've had, we did this on one facility I was working at, if you can get the gas turbine, the natural gas or propane turbines, those are tits for, for um, uh, generators because... They also have hot and cold water that comes out, you, you know, you, so you can use them for climate controlling the facility. So you can basically do in-floor heating and cooling for the facility off of the generator that you're also getting power from. So you can really uh, tweak a bigger facility out real quickly in terms of climate control. Once you get the right um, thermal switches set up on the, on the floor, it's fucking great. Right. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. I'd need to redesign my entire facility, but uh, maybe on the next one. <laughs> the, um, um, well, I was going to ask you, uh, what are you, what are you running for your gas lamp for keeping everything in veg? Um, what do you mean? Or what am I running? So, for in instance, for here for our veg greenhouses, we're running them on for an hour at nine, an hour at midnight, an hour at three a.m. to break the night up. Uh, what are mm -hmm. you running for your light schedule to keep everything in veg? running it all night long. I, so originally, uh, yeah, I'm just running it all night long. I, uh, there's, I've, I've got the power out there, but uh, originally I was just doing the, the LED, the solar LED spotlights. And uh, that's what I ran out at Petlana. That's also what I'm running out here. Um, basically, I just turn them on at eight o'clock every night and let the battery run out. The battery runs out three, four, five in the morning. Um, and it's, uh, it's enough to keep it going for, uh, keep everything in veg. Um, I've also got a couple HPS lights out there that I just threw them out there. I threw like the, the HPS lights that they use at the, the stadiums and stuff out there just to add to it because it, uh, initially I was just using the LEDs and they all grew up really tall and the plants in the middle, I had some plants go into flower in the middle. I, they didn't have quite enough, uh, uh light exposure at night. Um, we also have uh, Chris here. What's up, Chris? Anatai Seeds. What's cracking, y'all? Hey, bro. What's going on, man? What is up, bro? <laughs> nice shirt. Yeah, huh? <laughs> oh, shit. Right on. Well, um, have you had any other challenges here growing in Thailand aside from what we mentioned any other freak things or anything other uh, things that you've had happen out here in in thailand in terms of, of grow experiences or weird stuff you found uh, that you're just like man i didn't uh, like i don't know funky insects or beetles or caterpillars or <laughs> i mean everything every single time i find one i'm like what the <laughs> fuck is that like i don't know amen 
Yeah, I mean, bugs have been a constant issue, um, but you know we're on top of it at the moment. Um, you know, I've had, I've, I've had uh, in the past. I, I mean, I, I lost a room to aphids one time. I just lost eight lights to to aphids, and no matter what I did in that damn room, I just couldn't do it. But I mean, that's, I mean, it doesn't matter where you are anywhere in the world if uh, you get that into it. Sometimes it just happens. Um, hey, Bab, I have a question, bro. You get any any funk from rain at all, ever? Funk from rain? Yeah, yeah from I rain. Mean, I was I was so lucky on my 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 outdoor harvest that I grew this fruitonium at, like uh, the 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 outdoor fruitonium that I have right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, I always like anytime I have plants outdoors. I'm every single morning. I spend ten minutes just checking the weather, checking the where, where it's going. I was able, I saw a storm coming in. I cut my, my harvest. I cut, I cut 80% of my plants before the storm hit the last 20% of the plants. Like, yeah, bro, I got hit. You know, there was some, uh, there was some, uh, you know, there was some mold issues, obviously, uh, that moisture. Um, but yeah, I mean, mold issues coming with, with the rain, but again, that's anywhere in the world. Um, I, that's why I try to flower only in these in these dry seasons. But I'm gonna like next year. I'm gonna be really pushing it. I just built up. I built up five like uh, I built up five Mendo hoops, man. And uh, I've got some. I've got about 800 square meters under hoops right now. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna push that for the. Uh, I'm gonna push that for the the rainy season as well, and uh, pull tarps and go straight uh, straight Mendo style to see what I can do. Hell yeah. What about like veg, vegetative stage, not just flower, but like vegetative, any kind of funk on the leaves in the rain, like any kind of bacteria? I mean, okay. So I mean, first off the vet, the plants in veg that I had, like they absolutely loved the rain. Like yeah, during, I the rain. yeah they just love it. Um, you do end up with, like, I did end up with some, uh, some septoria and stuff like that, um, that came weird, through. Yeah. And I actually talked to Steve a little bit and he's like, ah, oh, just do this and that. No problem. Um, but the, uh, but the septor, it wasn't bad. It wasn't detrimental to anything in there. Um, okay. you know, cl- cleaned it out a little bit. Uh, I did, you know, what I, what I thought I, you know, tried to treat it with some trichoderma stuff like that. And it, it was fine. Like it wasn't, it was present on some plants, but you know, it didn't really hurt anything in the long run. That's what I was wondering. If you get that set, that stuff up there also from the rain, that's what I was wondering because M got it and William and I got it here and it wasn't that bad. I didn't, I mean, some plants were worse than others, but they pushed through it now. But, you know, I was just wondering, just curious because it's crazy. It, sometimes, you know, they love the rain. Other than that, if, they, if you don't get anything, they, they love it. You know, when they're veg, the rain's great. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, the plants were never happier than when it was sitting, when it was raining and stuff like that. Yep. They, they loved it. And I loved it, too, because I didn't have to water. <laughs> I feel you. That's it's funny. The, um, uh, so what have you seen in the Thai stuff out here? I noticed most of it seems to be lemonine dominant. The rest of it seems to be mango. And then every now and then I find something special or different, like chocolate or something else but what have you found with the the Thai stuff as far as uh profiles I think I mean I think the the majority of what I find out here is that that hazy jack smell um yeah that's what what I find most on most of them 
I really like when I find those lemonine dominant tie strains. I think those are the ones that really like in my, I mean, those are the ones that I like. Those are the ones that I'd like to, to preserve. Um, but there has been like, so the first year in Petlana, that's where we grew. Um, I don't know, man, there had to have been 20, 30 different tie strains from around the country there. And that's where I was finding, that's where I found those lemons. I found the ones that smelt exactly like Jack, man. It was just like, and I got that ooh, from, yep. I got one of those, it's full Jack. Yep. Um, there was often, we found strains that had the smell of like green mangoes, uh, you know, unripe mangoes. That was, that was really nice as well. Um, and those are the ones that really stand out to me. Um, as yeah those are the ones that really do stand out um you know I, I i think they're all great great breeding stock um i personally don't like growing them um i know i know that they can create some great cannabis and whatnot i'm just a little too impatient to wait uh the 12 to 16 weeks it takes to fully flower, you know, 12 to 16 months. It seems like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's just like, it's just never finished sort of thing. And eventually they do get there, but uh, you know, my, my thoughts on the whole process is, is I want plants that are, that have the shortest flowering cycles possible because you're going to have the least amount of time for problems to occur. Um, so, you know, you get a, you get a problem at week six, a lot of times you can push through it. No problem. You know, like you might lose a percentage of your crop or whatever, but you get a problem at week six on a 16 week strain. It's like, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> and okay. Hey, sorry. I'm sorry. I want to actually go back to problems and touch on a question that you asked earlier uh, when it comes to, you were saying bugs and stuff. And we touched on a lot of the bugs, but one thing I didn't really touch on were the ants and the termites. Like those, the ants and the termites have been a real, real issue for me. Cause I've never had to, I've never had to protect against that, you know, in, in the United States. Um, and, you know, you've got these beautiful, healthy plants and all of a sudden, you know, it goes limp and you're like, what's going on? Did it not get water? You go and check the emitters, you go check the, the, the soil and ants just start pouring out of your soil. And, you know, you give a little tug on the stem, um, on the stalk and the whole thing just pops right out. It's like they ate all the roots off your damn plants. Um, and that's all that's been an issue. And that's why treating your soil with wood vinegar on a regular basis is a good deterrent for that. But man, that was a, that was an issue. Yeah. A lot of the natural type plants in the village grows. I've seen a lot of them have ants in the roots and you can tell the plants on its way out because of the ants. Yeah. Oh. We have, uh, it's a, I wonder it's a, if the IPMO is helping with that because we, I've definitely seen like last night, in fact, and even this morning I noticed because we were working in there last night, the, um, um, what's it called? Um, the flying termites, like the hatch yeah. ones that go to form new colonies. They were all the over Mang the outside of the greenhouse last Mang night. Mangmao. There you go. Mangmao. Uh, but what I also noticed was, so we have the, and Chris has seen this, we have a big giant trash can with the IPMO. We have like, I don't know, 20 or 30 gallons of it. Um, the ants, the first day, were stealing, because it's sugar, right, to stabilize it. Uh, we're in there trying to get to it 
after that first day, I haven't seen a single insect inside of there. They've been <laughs> gone, and we haven't had any insect problems. The only thing that we've had problems with inside the greenhouses is um, you guys have an army worm here or something in that family that seems to crawl, find a way into the greenhouse somehow. I still haven't figured out how it got in, but crawled into the greenhouse and ate, you know, one or two leaves before we noticed it, you know, within 12 hours and, and just physically removed it. But that's the only thing that we've had any kind of damage from. Um, when I first got here, they had one or two plants that had spider mites. We just hit those really hard with white oil and the wood vinegar and, you know, within, you know, two weeks that was gone. Um, right. And finally again, so that wasn't a big deal. But um, the other thing that we do here, and I don't know if you, you guys do this too, I'm sure you, you do, is the UV sterilization with the UV lamps. That works really well for just nuking every last grain of pollen and mold and anything else that could be in the room uh, without having to spend hours in labor doing it. <laughs> right. Yeah, one thing I've actually never, I've never done the UV sterilization. <laughs> like, are you just talking about running a UV lamp inside the, inside the, the greenhouse, like prior to planting or? Yeah, so we have two giant 64-watt uh, UVC lamps. They're, like, way bigger than the ones that you'd use for, like, ponds or anything else to kind of, like, a, the ones they use for, like, hospitals and shit like that. Um, you can get them pretty cheap. Uh, and then we just put them on the center of each row, and then we move, you know, set them here, and give them, like, a good 10-foot radius, and then move them down 10 feet, you know, every once an hour, once every 40 minutes or so. Um, and then we leave them on for 30 minutes. So it nukes everything in that space. And do you do that on a regular basis? Or just, just between runs? Between runs. Just between runs prior. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Like I'll definitely be implementing some of that. Hey, it's, just, it's cheap and it's easy. And you know, if there is some powdery mildew or something that you missed and, and it's in the room, it's done. You know, it's dead now and it doesn't matter. Okay. So you've seen after the rain, the Mingmao, how they'll come in like like locusts in the Midwest or something. They come in like, you can't even like see somebody three feet from each other if you're sitting there. You've seen that, right? I haven't seen it here. I've seen that. Mingmao, map. Yeah. Sometimes it'll rain. And right after it rains it's, and it stops raining, if there's a light out in front of your house, literally five billion of those will come in a storm. Yeah. And you can't even yeah. see. Like literally, it's so much. But I'll tell you one thing I saw. I never knew this. But my buddy, uh, Yo, down the street here in my village, he's like my nephew. He, uh, one night that happened, and we're sitting there drinking whiskey. But all of a sudden, he jumps up, grabs a five-gallon bucket, fills it with water, and starts sweeping piles and cramming these things in the five-gallon bucket. And so I'm watching this, and I'm wondering what's, what he's doing. And he mixes it all up with his hand in there. And I, I guess all the, the wings come off when they hit the water, they come off and they all float to the top and the, and the main mouth go to the bottom and the wings. So he knocks all the wings off. He goes in and fries those up, bro, and brings them out. And they were amazingly good. I don't know if it's because I was buzzed off the whiskey, but dude, I ate like literally, I couldn't get enough. Uh, I don't know <laughs> MSG or whatever he put on that, but dude, it was dead, dude. Yeah. They sell for the like 300 baht a kilo. Huh? They sell for like 300 baht a kilo. I bet, dude. It's not cheap. Yeah. Look at the rat. Look at how much rat meat is compared to any other meat in the market. It's a joke. The, uh, we use those for the IPMO for cooking with the rice and then the, the grasshoppers cook them with the yeah. rice and then do the collections. Yeah, you'll, 
you'll really start seeing them in April. When, once those first rains come, they're going to all develop underground. And once those first rains come, they, they start flying. April, May, you'll start seeing them in swarms. Yeah, it's incredible. It's nuts. Well, I like, see, that kind of stuff excites me because it's like, cool, I can actually experiment, you know, try this, try this out against like a swarm because it's, it's something I've been waiting to do. And, uh, you know, Afri in Zimbabwe, we had kind of, an outbreak of them, but it wasn't like a swarm. You know what I mean? Um, I think it could be a really good biocontrol for you know areas that have this because you're just collecting the fungi to break them down anyway naturally in the same area. There's nothing right. not natural about that. So. And another thing I was thinking about with that, they sell they sell like red ant eggs out here. It's very common. It's a it's a common dish, red ant eggs, like ant eggs. And I think putting that into your 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 IPMO, like attack finding that fungus that attacks the eggs themselves, I think would be because I mean you can go down to you know and you you can find them definitely out there where they're at in Isan, man. Though they're probably yeah, like every we can store. Right here, if you just get the, the stick with the with the yep. basket, then, uh, yeah, you can go get as much as you want. It's easy to shake the thing, but uh, you will get them on you. They're like pit bulls, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you have any other uh, advice for people growing out here in Thailand? Uh, you know, you've been quite experienced. Uh, uh, what are kind of maybe your top 10 tips for growing in Thailand? Uh, uh, very first tip number one manage your expectations um this is like no other no other place in the world uh when it comes to growing and yes the climates are very conducive to growing but um you know we're in you know we're in our own world out here manage your expectations when it comes to putting your grows together putting your farms together getting your teams together um it's uh you know scale scale accordingly um, because I see a lot of people coming in trying to go too big, too fast, and they fall flat on their face. And I've seen a couple big companies from around the world already do this. Um, so yeah, you know, manage your expectations um, across the board. Um, and really, you know, look at the markets, look at the markets for where your stuff is going. You know, at this point right now, we're, we're, we are, uh, there's a, a, a tsunami of, uh, of flour about to hit the markets right now. Um, so really understand, you have to understand where your market is before you even put a plant in the ground. I mean, if you're just growing for yourself and your buddies, that's great, you know, but if you're actually trying to go onto the commercial side of things, um, manage your expectations because i hear there's this isn't uh this isn't the field of dreams if you grow it uh, they will buy it no it's not necessarily that because you know right now again i'm part of the procurement departments on our on our stores and uh we're seeing a lot of garbage hit the locally grown garbage just hit the stores right now that we can't buy it nobody can buy it you're never going to sell it like and you can't extract it because that's not legal either right now um, so, so start small, find out where your market is and, and build into that. Um, you know, you're, you're going to be going through a lot of trial and errors across the board. Um, prepare for that. You know, you're going to be working with different inputs. Some stuff's going to work. Some stuff's not going to work. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've had some, some big issues. I just ordered a, a bunch of, uh, I just ordered a bunch of rock wool from China, man. And like, this was the nastiest rock wool I've ever seen in my life killed 500 plants with it um 
And I mean, we flushed it. We flushed it for days. We flushed it for days. We couldn't get the pH down <laughs> anything. And finally got the pH to where I thought it was okay. Planted into it and freaking boo, everything died. <laughs> um, but well, God, I don't know, man. Shitty ass rock wall here. You just try to soak the cubes and everything just falls apart. It's uh, yeah. nasty ass products here. I bought in soil here. You open the bag and it just stinks bad. You put a plant in it the next day, everything's fucking dead. So you really got to know your products and understand that there's no consistency. That might be good today. You go back tomorrow, that same product might be total garbage. So Thailand's got a long way to go in that regard. For sure. And like, yeah, and that's the thing about trying to manage your inputs. That's something that like finding consistent supply on your inputs is very, very important. And trying to even create a lot of them locally from around where you're at is, uh, is important because there's no giant grow depots out here. You can't just go to the store and, and you know, like, like it is around the world, you know, in, in developed uh, cannabis industries where you've got like places that are the size of Walmart that you can go in and pick anything off the shelf. Um, so, you know, you're, you're, everybody's going to go through some learning curves out here. Um, but it's, it's a great place. I'm not trying to deter anybody from doing it because it can happen and, 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 it, and it can go wonderful. Um, just get your team together, get your stuff going and, uh, and manage your expectations. You got, anybody can do it. Have you guys found a good um, agricultural mineral oil uh, that you guys like yet? We've just been using the agricultural white oil. It seemed to be the only thing out here that was kind of similar to Suff Oil X or anything like that. Have you found anything that you like in on that particular realm? Um, oils. I don't know. I, I uh, no. <laughs> oh, that's fine. I was just curious. <laughs> yeah, I, I wish I had an answer, but no, I don't think I have a, uh, an answer for that. I mean, I've just been using a lot of surfactants and stuff. Like SV Biotech has decent surfactants, but it's not necessarily a mineral oil. Um, that agent wedding, the agent wedding, yeah, from uh, recreational rosin. <laughs> yeah, the uh, uh, I've seen a lot of people uh, post about that here in Thailand. I know you and uh, Infamous have both used those products and uh, and are happy with them. So I definitely have to try those. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to take up your whole morning. I know you got a. Quite a bit to manage there. Um, if you want to uh, oh, yeah. tell everybody how to find you here, I'll, I'll put you up on the screen. Sure, yeah. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Baba Fats OG or Baba Fats on Facebook. Um, yeah, and, and you know, check us out if you want to see, you know, the, the new stuff that's coming out where uh, we've got our, uh, you check us out at Thailand Dank Squad, Thailand underscore Dank underscore squad. Um, check us out on, you know, the OG Canna Company on Facebook. So we're all, uh, we're all over um, and see what we're doing. Cause, and, you know, if you really want to reach out, like, like I'm, I'm telling if there's people out there that really want to become part of the Thailand cannabis industry, like on a big scale, because I know around the world, like things have like took a dive. 
you know, we're, we are looking at expanding our grow operations and I'm looking for professionals right now in every field to come in and, and really help us out because we do want to be a cannabis superpower. We've got a couple really good people in the mix right now and we want to expand. Um, and, you know, uh, with the OG Canna company right now, I don't think anybody's better positioned to, to do this. I mean, we've got the retail down, we've got the production down, and we're trying to expand into, uh, you know, every other aspect, uh, you know, hash production, uh, expanding our, our, our facilities. Um, Cause you know, man, I'm, I'm, I'm only one man and I, I, uh, and my skill sets are, are, are good, but they're limited, you know, and I, I, I want to work with people that have been sort of on the cutting edge of this. So if there's anybody out there, reach out, uh, you know, uh, hit us up on Facebook or whatever. You can hit me up on Gmail, F O D cannabis, uh, at gmail.com. Awesome. Yeah, no, and I definitely had a wonderful time when we came up to visit and, uh, Certainly look forward to seeing it again uh, uh, in, a, in a wholly other state. And then uh, definitely hope to have you down here at our farm down here in Petrobin sometime. Uh, I know uh, uh, part of your team is coming to visit here this weekend. So definitely looking forward to, uh, to working with you more in the future. For sure. I told him to take lots of notes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but thank you very much for having me on today, everybody. Uh, you know. Chris, M, really appreciate you guys. Um, and yeah, I just want to keep pushing it, man. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to, to talk to us and uh, tell us about what you got going on. Thanks, bro. Cheers. All right, bro. Peace, All right, guys. Bro. Take it easy, guys. Thank you. Uh, Cheers. Uh, and again, you guys can find him on uh, Bubba Fats on Instagram. Uh, and on, let me throw it back up on the screen one last time. Bubba Fats on Instagram, as well as Thailand underscore Dank underscore Squad for Thanks. audio listeners, or OGCannaCompany.com for audio yep. listeners as well. Sweet. Well, and we are. Uh, thanks a lot for joining us, Wes. I forgot to introduce you earlier. Uh, Mr. Wes. <laughs> no worries, sure man. Just, no worries. <laughs> Big up. Yeah, no, he was in the middle of a uh, good story. So, like, you can't interrupt the flow of a guest just because I, I hopped on late. So, <laughs> yeah, but, um, I did want to also mention here in the uh, virtual aquaponic cannabis conference, we are doing the third one. Uh, we tried to do it in November, but with me moving across the planet and everything, it took a little bit longer to get the internet connection sorted here. So um, we'll be doing this in January. Uh, so that'll be a fun weekend for you guys with uh, people from all over the world uh, for Spanish speaking talks. We might even add a couple of talks here at the end on Saturday or Sunday. I'm not sure yet. Uh, we have a couple of people that have reached out to us since we posted this. So uh, I think we might, that I think might be good to add on. So we'll see. Um, but for now, this is the schedule. Um, hope to see you guys there. And um, you guys can also find uh, Marty and I's class over at apmjclass.com. We do have a full-length aquaponic cannabis course. I have a ton of new content that I just have to finish editing to get up there. I'm trying to just get through the conference right now, and then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll work on a big update for, for the class here again. But uh, we have a ton of content as well. And uh, it's a one-time purchase. We, we constantly add new content to that every two or three months. 
um, to the you know kind of library of, of the course that, that it is. So, uh, and then we also have the um, the pest course as well. So, if you're looking for living soil or aquaponic pest control classes, you guys can find that at uh, thepestclass.com. Uh, what's new with you guys, um, uh, Chris or Kenatai? Sorry. Oh, you're muted, bud. My bad. Uh, I'm plugging in beans. Lots of beans is what I'm doing. Uh, I'm fam run. What's that? I was just finally found that um, ABC crust. Yeah. And yours, that looks like this, different than mine. That's the only the second one that was mutated, like that much mutation. Yeah, there you go. So this is that ABC leaf expression with the frilliness of the freak show. It's like a perfect split of the two. <laughs> is that is that, that's cool, man? It's so that's different than what I got. And mine grew like a bonsai. No matter what I threw it, it it's food. It did, uh, you know, tried to foliar. You know, it just did want to stay like a little, a little mini thing. You know, bonsai, literally. Awesome. Um, everything else good in the your garden? Just popping all those new beans we talked about yesterday. Yeah, I well, actually uh, what I popped was uh, last, not the, like the newer ones, but the ones last round. So it's like the vanilla OG uh, fam. I'm testing that because I haven't ran it yet. Oh, well, the out there, but that's that's different. That's not that's a different one. That's the that's the regular. This is the fam. <laughs> the S1. So I'm testing the S1 phenology uh, uh, and the um, I'm testing some of the Cherry Cola Auto S1 pollen from from uh, what is that? Boy, what was the company is that? The Cherry Cola and Bass Bud. Bass Buds onto uh, Freaky Bastard and uh, and this little the Sweet Kush I had going. I call it Sweet Kush something I have from home. Because I, I wanted to do the fast flowering, kind of like mess with that. So that's that's when I started. I got like 200 fem seeds started. So I got a bunch of shit to plug in. What about she you, Infamous? Oh, yeah, the wife wants flower. That's why. I, she wants flower. That's so this, this is what that is. Oh, the wife wants flower. Wife gets flower, right? Right. Well, I tell you what, I've heard this story since I've met Kanatai at the Wife Wants Flower. It's been fucking years. The poor woman's been waiting for flower. This guy just got too many males floating around. He's a bean junkie. He just smashes everything. Everything started to dissolve. Just hit one branch with this, then another branch with that. Before you know it, the whole tree smashed and she's yelling, you know. So yeah, he's, he's heard it for like four, five years and four, five years he's heard it. Like the whole time. I know this story, bro. And I actually feel bad for it. And I know how she likes to puff. She likes to smoke big fat joints. She's not a bong girl. And she likes to, to mow through those things. You know what I mean? And yeah, uh, Canapa's always fucking up her shit. Not only does like does she say, like, grow me some flower, but she's like, leave my shit alone, please. And uh, he can't even do that. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
I feel bad for I feel for her in in every regard when it comes to wanting flower. I send her flowers sometimes myself, being like, "Here, here's just some flower. Twist something." There's an old can of tie. I don't do no more. I swear, there's no more males. Hey, she's out there trying to revert one. You know, trying to make yeah, a male. Yeah, I was going to say there's no more males, but how long till you start going hand with the STS spraying something? I stay in there though. I'll, I'll only knock in door. That's the, I made a deal. I, I need yeah, to. We need well, time will tell. I've heard all the stories before, dude. Potent's going to get something fired with something and blah, blah, blah. It's coming. Wait, you heard it first right no, here. I have dedicated stuff for that now. That's that's legit. You heard it first. Like this story. <laughs> well, yeah, I, no, I what do about you and for this? Yeah, I have things dedicated for that. Infamous, uh, do you uh, uh, did you end up shopping today? I'm just been sad, bro. You guys know what's up with me. My shits. We got hit by that rain, that windstorm this week. Everything flopped over. Um, you can see there's like a portion of just branches that just snap off. Like every day, I go out there now and look, and it it's it worse, but. The best part is, I think I'm just like a week or two for most of it. Some of the stuff is breaking. It's like, okay, it's a little early, but not the end of the world. And uh, just getting excited about, you know, next round, you know, pump some more shit, pop some more beans. I'm treating myself to some soul fire stuff Christmas. So I got the mind flare and uh, the block monster. You got that root beer freeze pollen, so I'm thinking about what I can dust right there. Taking advantage that. of the cold, yeah, taking advantage of the cold season, just trying to throw as much things as I can outside to get it to flower. Um, just you know, basically upstairs is just a bedroom right now. No more lights outside, no more big plants. I don't want anything that can tip over ever again. So, you know. Gotta grow up in the nets. That's all. I'm just not organized enough, and especially with the rain and the way shit is, I gotta move it around. And once you net it up and you scrog it, that becomes difficult. So I've got to like set up a situation for myself. Uh, Some crypto guys hit me up yesterday, and some longtime friends that want to invest some money into getting some things going. So hopefully, coming up here soon, I can get my own farm without the horrors of the bad management that I had to deal with in the last place. But uh, yeah, just trying to pop seeds, find new keepers. Uh, my first round of clones go out next week of the Humboldt Seed Company, the vanilla frosting, pineapple upside down cake, and fortune cookies. So make sure you tap in if you want some of that shit. And uh, yeah, the black garlic went out. I, I, on the package, that is allegedly showing up. It says Siam Sour V2, but it's Siam Syrup V2. I was just high during the, that smoke show yesterday making labels. So, yeah, so no that's what that is. That happened to you. Yeah, that's my, <laughs> I'm, I'm stoked, man. Some of those seeds are fucking fire. But yeah, I, was, I, I took I those think... off the market. Thank God. I was like, when I got those, I'm like, I'm not going to advertise those. Let's just put those in the back because I sense they're special. And uh, yeah, yes. the, might um, be time for me to actually pop them. 
right? You should. Um, the uh, doing some clones yesterday, and the uh, I noticed those fucking red Lebanese are like fucking tree trunks. Like they're like the diameter of like a fucking pencil. They're fucking huge, like bigger than that even. Like the fat chubby pencils. They're fucking just massive tree trunks on them. I love how organized some people can be. My OCD on like not being organized like works against me. And like I think I can figure shit out. Like right now you should see it. I've got like a stack of tissue papers all with two seeds. And I've memorized like what seed is in like which slip but i could have just labeled you know what i mean and i gotta go over it in my head like every hour or two it's like what order was that make sure i've got it memorized gotta write that all down man yeah i'm horrible i bought a printer i use my uh survey flagging i use different colors to represent different strains so i just tied on the outside of the friggin' pots and fucking boom yeah, it doesn't work when you have 140, though. <laughs> yeah, and I guess True, I, I can do color combos, but yeah. that's yeah. going to get confusing. Yeah, and no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to go past five or six with color combos. Well, we've, uh, we've had some issues with all the tags and fucking people washing them off and thankfully me having video of it and also memorizing where most of the plants are that's Bro, kind of stuff, when i worked in the army post office i could memorize where all those packages were in that warehouse like so i'm um, uh, yeah, saying it's like you go check on each different right. strain almost a hundred that's what i did i love it when they almost everyone cracks yeah, look at this. I was so smart. I was like, I'm going to get the tags, print it out, put it in the in the pamphlet, put the rain side inside out. Can't get wet right now. These things filled with water. Printed label. And not only that, then my dog went around one day and thought it was fun that I was chasing her, ripping the tags off the plants. And I would chase her around to like get the tag and she thought <laughs> it was a game and so, yeah, that, that was annoying. Yeah. I'm trying to get it. one of those, like, there's the culprit. Um, we're, we're talking about getting one of those, like, wristband printers, you know, like you do for metric tagging and shit in the States, but just getting, like, the paper wristbands to print on and putting the strains on that and then just sticking them on the branches. I think it's going to be easier. Did Bubba Fats bounce out? Is he gone? Yeah, yeah that's what I was wondering. He was welcome to stay. It's all right. I think we're going to wrap the show up pretty quick before too long anyway. what uh, What's new with you, Wes? Uh, well, not much changed since yesterday. I Other than uh, I decided to uh, start that uh, breeding project I was talking about, uh, re-upping those big Serholi weeds. So uh, I put a bunch of those on water today, so we're gonna do an open pollination with them, I think. That's 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 the only thing new I got going on. But yeah. So. Nice. Uh, spotlight here for infamous. Showing off some of his plants. 
Now I'm on blast. Yeah, this is some of the stuff that wasn't hit by Sephora. I've got a plant up here and it drops this like orange pollen, which is kind of annoying. But whatever. Some Jordan of the Island black garlic. Nice. We got some of that. It's one of I've my favorites. The red What's pistachio. That one? What's that red one? Red pistachio from Hypnoses is actually a Thai cross, believe it or not. So oh. that'll be interesting to see. How long do you think this is till it's done? That uh, maybe a week. I don't know. I can yeah. try to see the tricom head size on this. No, they're they're pretty big, and like we've got no hair count. So, and they're pretty dense. I mean, they're rocky. You can see how some of the stuff is just tipped over. <laughs> I've given up. Look, I'll show you this, and then I'll turn it off in embarrassment. Look at this, how everything's just leaned up against my clothes hangers. <laughs> support. Yeah, if it works, it works. Yeah, it's... This is the washing machine from Ripper Seeds. So yeah, that, that's that's my garden. So just excited about plants that haven't succumbed to septoria growing and flowering. So just focusing on them and not these. <laughs> so yeah, that's what's going on with me and just want to get those septoria plants gone and out of the way and take the ones that aren't totally mutilated and trim them up and get some buds out of them. Like some of them are okay. Like this Tropicana cookies wasn't too affected, you know. Um, you can feel the density isn't quite there, but it'll still produce some low-end product. So... If only hash and extracts were legal. Darn. There you go, Ken and Ty. You want to show us what you're working on? Oh, I didn't realize hash was illegal there as well. I thought I didn't. I had no yeah. idea. I thought I thought it was just concentrates, like. But I guess that is concentrate. So. Ken and Ty are muted. You're muted. <laughs> yeah, fuck you it. Go. So you can't make bu you can't make bubble here either. No. Oh, that's crazy. You can, so bubbles are no no here in the in the kingdom. It's technically an extraction method. I'm okay. pretty sure. I I I just thought they were talking like maybe alcohol or gas or so, shit that you can blow shit up with. That's what I I didn't know. Yeah, distillate and things like that. That's what I thought. But even like like butters and stuff are very legal, like for cooking and shit. Oh, really? You can't make butter for brownies and shit? No, unless you like serve it on site. That's another thing about the food products. Like the food products have to be served on site. You're not allowed to like package anything. Anything that gets packaged for like take home, yeah, server has to get approved by the FDA. Uh, you know what I mean? So like. 
shelf life and all that bullshit. But if you make it in your own place, like your brownies or whatever, I'm not sure how legal they even are, but yeah. There's lots to there's lots of gray and unknowns at the moment, so don't take yeah, my word as final authority on anything. I think in the next three to six months it'll all get sorted out. It seems like they're they're on the path to do that. So hopefully it's not a bad path. <laughs> well, once the election and the governments kind of get sorted out, I think then like whatever governments in power will fix it. You know what I mean? Right now it's hard to do it because like you know, who's driving the car can change at any minute. So it's not the main focus at the moment. Right. When's the election again? It's in January. I'm not sure. I don't even know. Anyways, uh, what's new with US? Anything new in your garden? Uh, well, uh, everything, everything's just, uh, every stage of my garden is, uh, going, I got flowers getting ready to come down in a few days. I got, uh, stuff moving just over into the flower room. I got, uh, clones that are in solo cups that are getting ready just to be replanted into, I just go from solo cup straight to a big old five gallon. Um, and then, uh, yeah. So, and then, uh, I have a bunch of clones sitting in trays that are just waiting to root. Uh, so yeah, every the, basically every aspect of my garden is just cranking right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. Nice. We uh, started planting out the second greenhouse worth of moms, which is fun. <laughs> uh, and then we started planting out the nursery or the the one that had the seeds in it before. Um, that we were doing the seed at the open pollination with the dosidos. That's been all completely cleaned out. And now we're doing the uh, test run of all the moms. So we have clones of at least, you know, basically one clone of everything in there. Um, and uh, we're in the process of planting out. We have more stuff that will be ready to plant on Monday. Most of it could be planted today, but there's still one or two plants that I think would benefit from a day or two of root growth before they went out into the greenhouse because Oh, Those clones do not like going out into the sun, even with the forty percent sunshade. They are uh, that first day is a bit rough for them. So, <laughs> so I want to make sure everything's got a little bit bigger root system than the first round that we had on them. Yep. Why? Uh, most of them made it in the first round. You, you always get a mm. couple that don't. That's why we have backups of everything. So mm. it doesn't make it. Swap it out. No um, All right, guys. Um, Damn, I you real, man. Are you guys cutting out? Yeah, I think we'll wrap up the show. Um, can, All right, guys. How does it? How do you find? How do people find you there, uh, Canatai? Uh, Instagram, Canatai Seeds. Uh, Facebook, you can go ahead and search Canatai, and also YouTube channel uh, Canatai Seeds. What about you, Infamous? uh infamous gardens on youtube make sure you go infamous gardens underscore v 2.0 don't get discouraged by the copycats uh check out the link tree for all the links to my youtube the discord all the different things and uh yeah um, i'm easy to find and uh, west how do people find you good sir oh you know over at uh dat smoke show uh, available on all your podcasts and uh, uh, available on YouTube as well as uh, Rumble. 
Uh, also, uh, yeah, I'll find me on all things as West Engine. And Potent, where's the best place for people to find you? Uh, everybody can find me on SoundCloud, YouTube, Spotify, all the things. Uh, Potent Phonics or Growing with Fishes. Um, you guys can also find us over at apmjclass.com, thepestclass.com, and apmjnutes.com. If you need nutrients for your aquaponic cannabis, uh, you can check us out over there. Um, and then uh, be sure to check out the um, virtual aquaponic cannabis conference coming up in January. Uh, the schedule is now posted. So, uh, you know, again, be sure, to, be sure to check that out. We have a, a really great uh, selection of speakers this year. And uh, I think you guys will really like it. Word. Hey, right, guys, thanks for watching. We'll be back again next week. Have a happy Christmas. And... Uh,